This is the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Live from the Tap House Grill in Montgomery. Now alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, here's your host, Nick Brunker. Welcome in. We are back live on this Monday night, February the 11th. Glad you're with us. Alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. Winners of back-to-back games in the South. I'm Nick Brunker. Glad you're with us as well as we recap the big week and look ahead to another busy one. This is not as busy as January, but certainly it is nice to be in the situation. You guys are coming back after a somewhat lengthy road trip in terms of distance, yet it feels like a lot shorter of a bus ride when you come back home after two straight wins, huh? Yeah. We got a... Yeah, that seemed like we got home in about half hour last night. We had to get out. We had to get out of that rink. We stole one, so we had to get on that bus and, and get home. A couple of gritty wins. Certainly, uh, Greenville came down to the wire. Actually, both did really. But to to have the way uh, that the game transpired go down on Friday, where it was a back and forth game, as as they seem to be every night, and you get a great goaltending effort, you get some timely goal scoring, uh, your penalty kill was tremendous again. Things just continue to snowball in the right direction. And I talked about it in the pregame show with you. Getting wins like that at this time of the year really snowballs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the excitement of the guys, uh, you know, on Saturday to get that win and uh you know we we're down we were up and then you know then they tied it up and then to win that in a shootout was uh was exciting i mean that's a good hockey team greenville's uh, a very good hockey team they've had a great season and you know to go down there and uh, a team that we're right uh, right behind in the standings and get two points out of there was huge for us and uh you know we had another challenge the next uh, afternoon uh, in, in in gwinnett and another team that's uh very good team, a team that's, um, you know, a few points again ahead of us, but, uh, you know, hadn't seen yet this year. And, uh, um, you know, to get down 2 nothing's tough. I mean, their record, uh, when they score the first goal of the game, uh, they've only lost three games uh, when, they, when they score the first goal, and the two have been overtime. Mm-hmm. So when they got that first one, you could tell it was tough. You know, they had the lead after the first. They're up 2 nothing going into the third where they have not lost a game. Uh, when they've led going the third, yeah. so every every statistic against us was uh, happening, and um, you know I thought we played well enough though. I thought the guys played well. Everybody was working. There was no issues that way. Fozzie was playing well. We had some opportunities, but you know we're still down two nothing going into the third, and uh, you know Dan Eves just. Uh, finds a way and sneaks in and scores one he can just feel the bench come alive and then shortly right after Josh McFadden ties it up mm-hmm. and then to get a power play and uh, Trevor Lewis uh, get that lead was uh, exciting I mean the bench was just uh, ecstatic the only problem was we still had six more minutes to go um, <laughs> to hold on to that lead and uh, but it was exciting for the guys and I know everybody uh, enjoyed that victory and it was uh, it was a big moment and this time of year to go down there and, and get a win like that was great I mean we lost Josh Burkholz in the both the second his second shift of the game yeah um you know shortened our bench and um you know different issues i mean you come up with a bunch of scenarios on on things At the end of the day we went down there and got four points and uh, these guys uh, was well deserved our guys worked their butts off for uh you know 60 uh 65 minutes and shootout and 60 minutes last night tell us a little bit about uh, the status of josh burkholz and maybe everybody else health-wise i know there were uh, a few different little nagging injuries that, that went over the weekend but uh, it seems like for the most part your critical players knock on wood have continued to stay uh, relatively healthy how is Burkholz today uh, Josh is going to miss tomorrow. We, we, he's going to give a couple days and we'll, we'll get him to the doctor. Uh, you know he got pretty hit hard. It wasn't a 
It wasn't necessarily uh, a dirty hit from behind. He did get hit, but it's the way he went into the boards, mm -hmm. and uh, he, he wasn't feeling, um, you know, with, and I'm not going to call it a concussion. We're just going right. to give it a couple days and see how he feels. And then, uh, you know, Dan Eves uh, most likely wasn't going to play yesterday, but we just needed him. We needed him, mm -hmm. and he's got a, a oblique uh, strain on his side. So, um, you know, he did a great job. He limited ice time early on, but as the game went on, got more and more. So, you know, again, tomorrow, he's uh, any of the circumstances, Danny probably wouldn't play tomorrow, but he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow because that's a big, uh, big opportunity for us, a big division game against Fort Wayne tomorrow. A big factor this weekend was goaltending. You talk about getting a performance from Brian Foster like you did. Uh, I mean, an amazing way to, to come into a weekend where you needed a good goaltending performance and you got it. He's been great. I mean, uh, you know, we saw Brian Foster. Well, you, you guys have seen Brian Foster now for three years. Uh, you know, w when we need him, he's generally been there. You know, when we need a big win, Brian Foster's been our guy. And, uh, you know, we went to this weekend. Last weekend, Brian didn't get a chance to play. He came in and mop-up duty in Fort Wayne and that debacle on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, not fair to him sit on the bench and just throwing him in. Uh, we gave him the start on uh, Saturday, did great. We gave him the start on Sunday, did great again, and he's going to get that start tomorrow night because, uh, you know, we know what Brian Foster can do, and this time of year we need to win hockey games. We need to get points, and uh, I feel right now Brian Foster is uh, the guy that gives us that opportunity. Your PK continues to be a force as well and keeps your team in games. Has that helped you come back, like from a, a situation where you're down at times, you're up at times, but that, that constant, that PK being as solid as it has been is that the x factor for this team right now well i mean you know we've, we've found ourselves recently for whatever reason taking early penalties uh you know and it's not something that we're we've talked about being more aggressive early on or anything like that we've just for whatever reason uh we find ourselves killing off penalties early on and generally that first one of the game so uh it's nice to know our pk can go out there and do a job and again at the end of the day we talk about it. your best penalty killer is your goaltender so if your goaltender's seeing pucks and uh you know it's going to make a difference so uh, we don't want to rely on it. Believe me, we do not want to rely on our PK to help us win hockey games. We need it. You know, we're going to take penalties. We're going to need our pel uh, penalty kill. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it, we've done a great job with that. And, again, it goes back to our goal tang, our defense, and the forwards that are willing to block shots. Was this weekend a good measuring stick for how this team kind of measures up, no no pun intended, uh, against other teams in the in the conference race? Because what, you what, talk was, what was the pun? The measuring stick. Measuring. It's oh, a measuring okay. stick that Sorry. you measure. Yeah, you know. Right. I got jokes. I'll be up after the band. Um, <laughs> the idea that, that you go into a, a hostile environment, as you could say, places that are tough to win, against teams that, quite honestly, are, are playing at the top of the division or top of the conference, really, that no matter how you slice it, it's good to go into a situation like that and go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, even though you were short guys, and say, here's what we got. Come after us and see. And at the end of the weekend, four points. Absolutely, Nick. I, I, I think going down there and getting those four points, you know, when, you know, Mike Pellick's not here and Matthew Aubin's not here and, you know, you look even deeper to Brian O'Hanley and, and, you know, John McFarland's been a big part of our hockey team. Uh, you know, to go down there and, uh, and and do a job. I mean, the, the good thing about this year is we've had guys in and out all year long. I mean, uh, 
you know, whether it was, uh, it, it doesn't matter. We've just found ways to win. And mm -hmm. I think this was another case. I think, I don't think we can sit there and dissect the lineup from this game to another game. The fact is that we went down there and won, uh, won a couple hockey games. And I think that's something we've been able to do all year. We've stumbled like every team. You're going to stumble. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, we've had some moments last weekend. We got one out of a possible six points, which is, uh, which is difficult. It was, uh, it was a heartbreaking weekend. Um, this is a great weekend, you know, and now we, we continue on and look forward to tomorrow. You look at the roster right now, and of course, you don't know what's going to happen uh, down the stretch. The only thing that you can be sure of is that on March 6th, that's the last day that, that transactions can come from above. You can't get the assignments from, uh, from up there. So I guess we're still a month away from that. So at this point, roster-wise, where do you think things are at in terms of guys like, like Pelican, and Aubin and Chris Reed and maybe some of the others that, that aren't playing with an affiliate, but rather at the American League level? Well, we'll get those guys back. I mean, we get to a point here where it's 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 about our hockey team, and you want to help out the American Hockey Leagues, our our non-affiliate teams. If yeah. uh, you know, I got a call late uh, Friday night from Matthew Aubin, and you know they wanted him, and he went up and you know played for Houston. But you know, within the next week or so, we're going to need Pelic and Aubin and Reed back. I, I mean, uh, I, I don't anticipate them staying any longer. I don't anticipate them as players wanting to stay any longer. I mean, mm -hmm. this is their hockey team. They take pride in this team. Uh, this is where they want to be. Everybody wants to get that opportunity. But uh, at the end of the day, those three guys I know want to be back here helping us out. You know, from affiliate players, I mean, it, it, that's a different thing. That that's comes from above. And if, uh, um, you know, like Andre goes back up, that, that's great. I mean, that's a great opportunity for him and, and, and all that. And whoever comes back or down or whatever. Sure. But at the end of the day, I think Pelic, Aubin, and uh, Reed will see them uh, at some point here very soon. And, um, you know, we'll go from there. And as much as you obviously know that, that losing a Josh McFadden on the back end is is unfortunate. At, at one point, it's also a very well-deserved call-up for a guy that had a heck of a weekend, as you mentioned. And also, knowing what you know about uh, your team, it has been a next-man-in mentality. There's not a worry that, okay, well, this guy's gone. Uh, what are we going to do? Well, we got a guy down here that's going to take his spot. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's disappointing to lose Josh, but, you know, Josh was the odd man out there for a little bit when we had numbers, and now and then he stepped in and did a job. And so, you know, tomorrow night, you know, Jeff's uh, ice time goes up. Uh, you know, uh, David McDonald and Charlie Roussel and Taylor Ellington, you know, their ice time goes up. So it's always just an opportunity for other guys, and I think that's the message every time is that it's just an opportunity for other guys to take more minutes, take more responsibility, and take more accountability. Obviously, too, the, the idea that you've got leadership from all angles. I mean, we talked about it in the pregame show. I can't even count how many times now where you think that, okay, your offense is going to come from here tonight and it comes from over there. I mean, a perfect example, Trevor Lewis, you know, he comes in. Really, you don't expect a whole lot. Not that, that he is a, a player that you saw and said, eh, he could work. But at the same time, he comes in after not having played at all during the year and has risen to the top of your depth chart in a sense. And he comes up with ways to pick up big goals. He puts himself in, in areas of the ice that he's going to be rewarded for his position. Yeah, I mean, that was a huge goal. I mean, uh, you know, you, you talk about that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, that was a huge goal. Like he, uh, you know, for us in that situation at 2-2, two -two to the emotions on our bench and then to get a power play, which has been, you know, struggling and, and, and for him to snap that wrister uh, mm -hmm. low blocker side to score was just exciting for our team and exciting for him, his first game winner as a, prof as a professional. Yeah. So, um, you know, but everybody stepped up. I mean, you know, Andre the other night, I mean, he... Uh, 
he probably played his best game since he's been here, just uh, involved in blocking shots and doing whatever it took to win. And I think that's the great thing about the group we have is that, you know, it wasn't about individual things the other night. It was about let's get that win in Gwinnett. And I think the guys all did a great job. It, it, it is funny, too, when you, you think about some of the ways you guys are winning. It is it is about getting bodies to the net. The drive word that we used in the pregame show yesterday uh, kind of exemplified on, on multiple occasions. You got a puck to the middle. Dan Eves made a great move to put that through the legs of a goaltender who has, just like his other uh, teammate, Mike Lee, both of the Gwinnett goaltenders have been one of the top 20, top 10 for the most part. And, and to be able to... To, like you mentioned that stat and, and for those that don't know this guy is not a stat guy I mean I've talked with you about stats for a long time and and you say I don't care about stats what's your what is your uh, what is your mantra about statistics well yeah if when you throw the puck to the net you're going down the wing you throw the puck to the net 89% of the time if you hit the net you get the puck back your retrieval rate is 89% of the time so one thing we stress all the time is hit the net when you don't hit the net it just creates an offensive opportunity for other teams so we always talk about hitting the net you have an 89% chance of getting that puck back when you hit the net so again it's uh, we'll show video and stuff like that and guys understand and uh, uh, you get pucks to the net you're going to get rewarded but it's about staying committed too I mean that's the other thing where in a game like that there were at times you, you could expect okay you're in a hostile environment you're down two goals against a team that hasn't lost a single game in regulation when leading after one, let alone two goals in the, the first two periods. Uh, many teams that you may, may look at and say, eh, they're probably not going to come back. Yet you look at what this team has done all year, that's where they thrive. They, they thrive in that scenario. And I mentioned in the game notes that, that, well, it's not ideal to be down a goal or two in the final period. It's almost as if that is almost the beginning of your night and hopefully you can find early offense in some games, but knowing that you're down 0-2 doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination it's not a game you can't come back in. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's not our game plan, getting down, and we're not uh, we're not comfortable uh, going in the third period in a situation like that. But like you said, Nick, it's been all season long, guys, di and different guys. Different guys right. have found ways to win hockey games for us. Josh Shalas uh, won us a hockey game early on in the year, and Mike Embox won us a game a couple times, one in Fort Wayne, one in Kalamazoo. So, uh you know, there's always uh, opportunity there, and it's it's great to know that uh, if we are down, as much as it's tough sometimes, I mean, uh, you know, we don't go into third periods just full of uh, confidence all the time, but right. I, I think that we know now that we've got a group of guys in there that's going to fight right to the end. Time for questions and or comments. Our first one is from Mr. Mike Kyle, Sr. He is here now and has our first question of the night. Hello, Mike, you go ahead. Thank you. Nick, Coach, my question is... Uh, we study stats too at home, you know, with nothing else to do sometimes, you know. And uh, this K Casey Zobatel, yeah, he's a star player for them. He's he kind of gets things together. But you guys had his number. He he had like 55 points in 53 games, and he was like a shutout against you guys. Yeah, that's Jeff Winchester at his best. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Who is with us, by the way, and we will talk with him and Andre Bouvet-Morissette in a bit. You know, we know Zabby here. Mike, you got to remember uh, CPZ played here a couple of years ago, and he's a good player. I've always liked Zabby. He was a contracted player that ended up going to Bakersfield last year, and he's having a great year. And uh, believe me, uh, stats don't show it. He was dangerous all night last night. Um, you know, he's a good player. He was creating. He was getting shots on net. Um, you know, I thought our guys did a great job against him. But believe me, every time he was on the ice, things happened. 
it's amazing too when you, you look at guys that that traditionally are their go-tos. You know, thinking of, of Greenville, you had Brendan Connolly and even Brandon Wong, who didn't play in the game. Uh, thankfully, you expect those guys to be the ones that that find offense against you. Yet it, it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, most of the time you do circle them in your board. You say, okay, this guy, you can't give him opportunities. You can't give him time and space. But it seems like, for the most part, the guys that in most other games are damaging other teams don't seem to damage you as often as they do everybody else. Is, there, is it coming down to just the game plan, or is it just a matter of, uh, of something else? goes back to Jeff Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> it's all me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding with Winnie here. Um, yeah, you know what? I don't know. You, you can't explain. Obviously, you circle certain guys, and you're, you're aware of certain guys, and, you know, who's uh, who's dangerous, who's their offensive guys. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it's just a situational awareness. When you're on the ice, you have to know who their top guys are. And, you know, you not necessarily you change your game. It's just have an awareness of who's out there. And uh, like I said, CPZ was all over the ice last night. He did a great job. He created, he got scoring opportunities. He created opportunities for his line mates. He got shots on net. Fortunately, he didn't get nothing on the board. Brandon Connolly scores a goal the other night, the one that ties it up. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, it's just about outworking, outcompeting your teammates. Take me back to that Saturday game in the shootout. And I know this is a question I get a lot on Twitter and on Facebook about, okay, how does he decide who goes and when? Because I know at some point you got to look at some numbers and see how things are going. But I'd also imagine it has to be something about how their night individually, maybe on the ice, is going. From a coaching perspective in a game like that, where it was back and forth all night, how did you make the decision of who was going to go and when? Well, um, you know, we've lost our last couple shootouts. So for me, it's a blank slate. You know, when you have success in a shootout and you've got your certain rotation and um, you know, Matthew Aubin early on in the year and going back to last year was automatic. Our first shooter, glove side, top shelf, we knew that was going to happen. Yep. He's just not found that range this year uh, consistently. So, uh, and, and, you know, not having him in the lineup just kind of gave us a whole blank slate and uh, decided to change things up. I thought jo Josh Burkholz was all over the net. Uh, that night and you know he scored a great goal and Josh Shaw has scored a goal before and I'll be honest with you Mike Embach and this is what happens in coaching and when you just get a hunch is his dad was there his dad drove down from uh, Chicago to Greenville and I was like you know what there's let's feed into this uh, <laughs> this thing a little bit here and that's why I was like Bacher go and he ends up scoring the goal so um, you know you, goal. you factor that stuff in I, I, I could imagine why you wouldn't factor it in mm -hmm. but uh, not saying that he's trying any harder or not saying he's gonna do anything different because his dad's there but it was like you know what um, I'm going Bacher. Yeah, it's a factor. It end up happening. It's a factor for sure. Yeah. So, but the good thing is uh, Bacher got to drive with his dad from Greenville all the way to Gwinnett, and his dad tell him how great that goal was. So <laughs> he got two hours of uh, his dad time. With yeah. Him. And on Sunday when I talked to him in the intermission report. And that's one thing. It, don't ever estimate the power of dads when they're in the building. <laughs> I'm honest, honest to God. So you have Speaking from experience of playing to, uh, to to coaching and seeing other dads and stuff like that, don't ever underestimate the power of a dad watching his son play. I guarantee you every kid picks it up a little bit for sure. So Skate, when, he, when he's going to Detroit, if you could be with him, you, you definitely would, would follow him to, he better. to the Motor City. He better. <laughs> he, has to, he has to stay impressive and for no you. No choice. Um, I, I guess the other thing is about uh, the way this schedule has worked out, uh, it's... 
you couldn't play it out any more exciting than it is. We're we are coming into a week where uh, you're going to face a team that, that you're you're trying to, uh, for lack of a better word, squash, uh, and then you're going to host Trenton over the weekend, a team that, in a, a completely different reason, a different, uh, completely different way, squash. You're trying to hold Fort Wayne out of the division lead, and then as we talked about off the air, bury those teams at the bottom of the conference put them out of their misery and make it a, a fight for a couple of spots at the bottom of the conference between two or three teams, kind of like how you guys were last year. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, our, our focus is winning hockey games is, is you know, just getting the two points. And uh, tomorrow is obviously a big one to put us, uh, extend our lead, excuse me, on Fort Wayne. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's about grinding out points. And, uh, you know, if some teams can falter, obviously, get some teams that can get eliminated out that's great you know because we're looking at the big picture we want to get the division we want to get up as high as we can you know you look you look north you look south you know you you you'd hope some teams sort of fall out of the race yeah um but at the end of the day we got to win hockey games and uh tomorrow's a big opportunity for us to get uh, big points up on fort wayne and of course extend the lead on toledo and 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 catch uh greenville it's been such a crazy series from the beginning of the year to this very day. Fort Wayne, uh, for some reason, cannot win any games against the North Division, with the exception of the other night, in their building. And the, and the same has been true in the U.S. Bank Arena over the course of the season. They played very well uh, at 100 Broadway this season. Uh, I know that, that we've talked about this before. Having a home ice advantage sometimes uh, is better on paper and better uh, spoken than it is actually on the ice. As a person who's in the locker room before the game and on the bench and warm-ups and watching things develop, I know you tell us how important home ice advantage is why is it so different against the comets or has it been for the home teams in this series yeah it's just uh you know it's one of those things you can't explain i mean we don't we don't do anything differently against fort wayne at home as opposed to someone else i mean we have a game plan going in against everybody but you know why are our struggles at home against uh, certain teams and other teams is is, uh, is is unexplainable. I mean, going to Evansville, you know, we beat Evansville handedly at home and then have a dogfight with them in Evansville. Right. You know, uh, right after so. It's tough. I mean, he's a racing fan right there. Why does Dale Jr. win on the super speedways and other people win on the short tracks, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking it's about, good, right? It's a good point. It's yeah. a good point. Not a really big NASCAR guy. No, you are. Speaking of NASCAR night, incidentally, a nice segue is tomorrow night, so be sure to wear all your NASCAR attire. It is. It is. And the, uh, the best attire will be awarded a $50 cash prize tomorrow, so keep that in mind. Uh, segueing away from the Cyclones for a minute, uh, an interesting read today um, on NHL.com as well as uh, Pro HockeyTalk.com from the NBC Sports Network about the NHL considering a realignment uh, of the conferences. I know it was brought back up uh, uh, about a year ago, I think, uh, around the holidays in 2011, um, and they talked about putting it four team conferences in place. I know that that discussion has has risen back to the top of the charts here. Uh, I guess from somebody who played in, in a different generation of hockey, tell us a little bit about what you think about, about the NHL maybe segueing away from the current path and going into to something new. Yeah, it's always tough because I, I still love, uh, you know, I grew up with the Patrick division, the Smythe division, you know, the uh, the Norris division, and I, I still look at the NHL that way. I still, when I see, you know, Montreal played you know uh boston and and all that it's it's at that you know that's the adams division and norris division toronto detroit and you see so i still think that way this whole east way i, I don't even know who's in the southeast or the northwest and the yeah. I, I don't even know i don't even follow that way I, I i still look at things as they were so it's it's tough to 
uh, I know everybody, you got to move on. You've got to mm-hmm. progress and stuff like that. I think the rivalries will always be there. I think, you know, Toronto, Montreal and, you know, Boston, uh, you know, Boston, Montreal and all these ones. And, and rivalries are developing across yeah. the National Hockey League. Who would have thought Detroit and Colorado would be the biggest rivalry through the, uh, the, the 90s, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think you accept it and you move on. But I definitely think they've got to do something. Of course, the, the biggest thing is getting Winnipeg back into the uh, Western Conference and get them mm-hmm. out of the East. And I think getting, you know, Columbus and Detroit out of the West is a yeah. big priority for the National Hockey League. How you call Detroit and Columbus Western Conference teams is yeah. very difficult. I mean, it is absolutely taxing for those teams compared to what Philadelphia, the New York Rangers, Boston, and those teams, their travel compared to what Detroit and Columbus have to do is, uh, it's very difficult. What do you make of the story? And again, this is just speculation at this point. We don't know anything about it uh, officially, but uh, the the Phoenix Coyotes debacle going on about how they're just trying to find a buyer and they can't seem to get one. Uh, and and the big rumor is that they're moving uh, towards the Northwest uh, and potentially Seattle. The other big rumor is Portland because of the building that they already have in place uh, because of the lack of competition. Uh, I know the Portland uh, Winterhawks still exist in the WHL, very successful program up there in the uh, in the junior levels. What do you make of, of a team like Phoenix? And maybe compare it to a team like either Columbus or, or in Raleigh. I mean, these are the three teams that seem to be brought up in conversation about possibly making a move. Phoenix seems to be the one that would go first of those three. What do you think about that? Well, I think you'd have to throw the Florida Panthers in that too. I mean, um, you know, what's going on down there and, and and they're all different. I mean, they're all, I don't think you can lump all organizations into one and say, here's the problem. I think they all have their own problems. I think, uh, you know, initially when all this happened was uh, a, a major TV net, uh, market, you know, and getting that uh, big contract from the, the networks. and. Uh, you know, there was a plan in place and there's stumbles along the way and whether some good decisions or not or whatever. And the, the reason the NHL and Gary Bettman's fighting so hard for the Phoenix Coyotes, yet they'll just let the Atlanta Thrashers just walk away mm-hmm. without absolutely no resistance, pushing them out the door. Um, you know, I think it goes back to some maybe some personal things. But, uh, uh, you know, there's locations of arenas where Phoenix is in Glendale as opposed to Scottsdale, where the Florida Panthers are in Sunrise, not in, you know, Miami. Uh, there's so many factors go into these places on why some people don't get there. And, uh, um, you know, arenas were built, there was promises made, and there was TV deals that were supposed to go in place that... You know, now we're you're dealing with uh, fallout from all different things. So to lump all into one area between Raleigh and even Columbus, I mean, Columbus is such a big TV market for the United States. It is the biggest reason why they went there. Some people had some money that can put it there. Uh, uh, McConnell, uh, mm-hmm. is it John McConnell? Yep. You know, so it, it, they're all different. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's moving forward and what's best for the for the organizations and, and the National Hockey League and. You know, losing teams from Canada, bringing teams back up to Canada, I, you know, we'd all love from a fan standpoint, from a financial standpoint and stuff like that. I guess we'll have to see how it all plays out. We have plenty more to get to on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. We'll let him take a little break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Cyclones defenseman Jeff Winchester. That is coming up next on the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. Cyclones Radio Network. We are back again live here at the Tap House Grill in Kenwood. Glad you are with us. Before we move forward, I want to remind you that 
We are also going to be awarding points tonight for everybody in the house that's a Cyclones Rewards member just for being here. So congratulations for showing up and enjoy the points. Our friend Stephanie is actually in the back towards the, uh, the post there. You can uh, stop by and see her. She will make sure your card gets scanned and your points get awarded. If you have any additional questions about the program as well, you can ask her and she will have, hopefully, all the answers as we move through. Please welcome my next guest who had a key assist over the weekend on Saturday in Greenville. Please welcome number three, Jeff Winchester. I'm going to bend the microphone Thank just you, like man. that. What's going on? Not much, man. How are you doing? I'm great. I guess my first thing is to, to maybe elaborate a little bit on something that I didn't actually bring up with Jared. I meant to, but uh, I just simply forgot. Uh, Friday, which typically is a practice day um, in this particular scenario, uh, before a game day of Saturday, we have ice time. And I say we, I mean them. They go out and they practice and they have a, you know, a run-through of what they're going to do systems-wise. Everything's a, a typical practice day, but for some reason, uh, Greenville did not have any ice available. The Bylow Center had, I believe, uh, a concert, uh, so they were not available. And their practice rink was apparently booked up, so there was no ice time. Uh, and we were down there, as we were on Friday, about 7 a.m. roughly, had a little bit of breakfast, and uh, and then we were like, all right, well, what are we going to do now? So Jared and and, uh, and Mac decided they were going to put together a team activity, and that team activity turned out to be bowling. And so uh, certainly the, the big question was who was going to, to take the top prize? How was it going to be divided? So they, we divided teams up. Um, I think the coaching staff and I uh, and the uh, training staff were on a team, and then it was divided out. I think it was four other groups of, of five, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and we battled it out. Two games worth, and the, the winner took all, and that was that. Uh, how did you finish? Uh, we started off real strong. Um, I don't think we were prepared for the second game. I think fatigue played a, a little factor really? there. Um, so yeah, we didn't finish off. I think third place, maybe we got. W was that out of out of five? That's not very good. Five or six. We I, were I second. I, I I joke because we were in second place, and I know up until up until the very end. Jared, correct me if I'm wrong. We were we were right there. We had a couple of frames where if if you and I, either one of us, had had a strike instead of a spare or in real, let's be real, an empty frame um, where we didn't do anything, gutter balls, we would have been fine. But, unfortunately, that was not the case. Uh, I guess it's one of those things where when you look back at it, the next day, you know, you're using hockey muscles and you're, you're trying to, to get ready for the game day. I know I was sore. Then again, look at me, I don't work out. You, on the other hand, on a regular basis in the gym, yet those muscles, like with your forearms, your back, your legs, things like that, you may not work as often. Were you sore the next day? Uh, I don't really have a good uh, bowling uh, delivery, I guess. So no, I wasn't too bad. <laughs> Do you think that you would have a future in bowling if you no. if you kept at it? Not a chance. Okay. All right. Well, with that in mind, we will move past it and uh, we will talk a little bit about hockey. Obviously, uh, the exciting exciting weekend and and of the last three or four weeks, when since you've joined the team, there's been a lot of movement back there. A lot of guys have been called up or exchanged, and things things have opened up for you personally because of all that open uh, open ice time, and it's really amped up your minutes. You've been playing in big situations. Mm -hmm. I got to. Think that's a pretty big confidence boost for you. Yeah, it is. It's it's been great, and uh, I've, I'm just trying to you know do the best with every opportunity I'm given, and it's it's been it's been really good so far. Your so. pro career dates back to 2006, and uh, you came out of the uh, University of Alabama Huntsville, and you've been able to watch the the minor league circuit develop because even as as recent as a few years ago, it wasn't as as develop heavy. There was a, a very big separation from from teams in the ECHL versus everybody else. Now everybody's starting to clump a little bit closer together. Uh, what's been the biggest change? Having 
having watched it develop since 2006? Um, one of the big things I've noticed this year is uh, when I played back in 2006, I think we only had a handful of guys that might have been under contract. It seems that like there's a lot more involvement with the, uh, the parent clubs, if you will. So mm -hmm. that's a big thing that I've definitely noticed since I've been here. When you talk about yourself as a D-man, I know you don't discuss it often. You're not going to hang out with your teammates and say, I'm this kind of defenseman. But I know when somebody asks you, what kind of a defenseman are you, there are a few key phrases, maybe a shutdown, an offensively minded. How would, how would Jeff Winchester describe Jeff Winchester? Um, yeah, I think uh, I'd say I'm more offensive minded. But at the same time, I definitely take pride in the D-zone and, and you know, winning those one-on-one -on -one battles. Um, but, you know, with a little bit of offense in there, I think that would be. One of our, uh, our guests that uh, was set to join us but then got called up was uh, Josh McFadden. I think he and you have that, that same mindset where you like to jump up into the play. And, and I was going to ask him, and I'll ask you the same question, because you, you ended up jumping in and picking up an assist, a key assist, in fact, earlier uh, in the game against Greenville. Uh, mindset of, of finding yourself open. Looking at the lane that you may have, maybe it's a neutralizer, you jump up in the blue line, you see, hey, I got some, I got some daylight here, I can run up and, and join the rush. Does that weigh in your mind at all? Like, all right, well, if I, if I jump up here, I'm going to hope that my guy behind me, my winger or center or whoever, is going to pick me up. D does that thought process yeah. come in or is it just instantaneous? No, you, that's got to be the first thought process. And once you know he's there, then it's, it's a, you got a green light and it's, a, you know, it's, it's go from there. But yeah, that's got to be the first thing. you got to make sure that someone's covering for you and then you can just go. Take me through that moment when you, you found that open space and you said, we got a chance here. You, you went up the left wing yeah, side. There, I I kinda, yeah, I, I mean, Bacher made a great play and I wasn't real sure if he was going to, if he saw me and he got it to me and then, Shala just, you know, he opened up for me and made it real easy. So those two guys did all the work, and I just, I was lucky to be involved in that Speaking play. like a true <laughs> pro, speaking like a true pro. Coming in midseason, speaking of, of, of being that new guy, and I know every time we talk with, with players around here, it seems like the, the theme is the same. Everybody seems to get along with everybody. It's a very close-knit group that is welcoming of, of new people. Uh, but I got to think that's a little bit nerve-wracking coming into a locker room midseason. Uh, obviously, you're a little bit older. Uh, you're kind of closer to my age. So, so you're, I don't know associating yourself with, with younger players who are just getting started, it, there's a lot of reasons where it could be a little nerve-wracking for you. It didn't seem like it took you very long to no, get adapted. It, it's it's been great. Um, there's, I don't think, you know, in the, in the locker room, everyone checks their ego at the door, and, and all the guys are great. They're very welcoming, and, and it's, you know, made the transition to come here very easy. So Last season, you wore the C with uh, Thousand Islands in the Federal League, and, and you were also, I, I read, a player coach. It, it's something you hear about, but, but rarely do you talk about because of the ECHL level. Uh, they don't have those things. What does a player coach entail, and what did it entail for you last season? Well, I, I, I got there a little earlier, so I helped with, uh, you know, some of the recruiting and whatnot. And then, you know, just daily meetings with the coach discussing things that, you know, we had to work on in the upcoming practices and, you know, doing a little bit of video together and stuff like that. So I think it's just like a small step to to hopefully, if you want to become eventually become a coach, it's a good step in the right direction. There. I, I was just going to ask you that. That leads me to my next one. Is, is coaching in your future? Do you want to be be that coach, I I'd, assume? I think so. I'd like to be, yeah. Awesome, sure. awesome. Um, uh, you play briefly, and I know Jared uh, has spoken fondly of, of this part of the country. San Diego was your first pro stop. You yeah. played, I think it was five games with the Gulls back in 2006, 05, 06, at the end of, uh, end of your college career. I got to think, and I, I wish they would come back into the league just so we could travel out there, but there there ha are very few places around this country that I would rather go watch and play a hockey game. But obviously, you played a little bit overseas. You traveled around a bit. Tell me where that ranks in the hierarchy of places you've either played in or against. Yeah, I think 
to be honest, I think that's one of my definitely top three places, other than Cincinnati, of course. But good answer. It's, uh, <laughs> Again, he's it's been through this before. <laughs> no, it's it's a beautiful part of the country, and uh, yeah, I was fortunate to go at the end of, at the end of college. I played, I think, yeah, five regular season games, and we went right into the playoffs mm-hmm. there. So uh, I had a lot of fun there, and yeah, it's just beautiful, beautiful spot. I imagine it, it, at one end, it's great because it's such a beautiful spot. It's warm. It's nice. I mean, it's it's basically sixty and seventy degrees all year. Uh, but is it? tough and you didn't play there very long and in the postseason too there's plenty of motivation but do you get the sense that that playing in locales like that adds another layer of difficulty because (laughs) it's hard to to basically be focused on hockey it's easy when it's it's snowing outside and it's 30 degrees it's hockey weather but out out there there are a lot of different things that that could grab your attention yeah that's got to be tough for sure i mean there's a lot of temptation and uh, some distractions for sure but at the end of the day you just got to go do your job and you know you could those things you could take care of later all right perhaps the toughest segment on our interview is always the five quick hitters. It's supposed to be easy, but they they have become uh, some of the tougher questions that we've asked of our players that that come in here to to join. So I'm going to ask you five quick questions, then we'll let you get out of the hot seat. Uh, Your favorite food is? Uh, Steak. Favorite, actually, medium, medium well, rare? Medium medium rare to medium rare. Okay, okay. Favorite music group or artist? Uh, my wife is from Alabama, so I have to say some country music. Nice. Do you have a fav- you have a favorite artist, or do you no, I listen like to everything? I like all country. All right, music. all right. Dog person or a cat person? Uh, dog. We have two dogs. A dog person. Three movies that you would want to have with you if you were stranded on a desert island, as well as a TV uh, and a DVD player. <laughs> uh, Making sla- it complex. Slapshot. Here. Slapshot. Okay. Classic hockey film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braveheart and. Maybe Troy. I like the war movies. Care to, uh, care to, to try and remake the, the famous Mel Gibson line from Braveheart? No. Okay. I'll, I'll just, checking, just checking. Just uh, checking. <laughs> the last question, we'll let you go after this. Uh, which one of your teammates would be the best singer? Whether it's karaoke, I know I'm thinking about the Grammys last night. If, if one of your players had a future in singing, yeah. which would it be? Ma- uh, Matthew Alban. Really? Yeah. yeah. He has now great, that's he has very interesting. Voice. Very very good voice. So, so the next time we see Matthew Aban, hopefully it's soon, we will we will have him uh, have him sing a song. Yeah. Is there a song that you know he sings that he can uh, sing well that I can record? This this has the makings of a by, viral video. Anything Justin video. Bieber. Ju- anything anything Justin Bieber. Bieber. Yeah, yeah, he does that. Do you have a Do you have a song request? The question is, do you know any Justin Bieber songs? I don't it's a trick I, question. I don't think I do. Good answer. But he good does. answer. Give it up for Jeff Winchester, everybody. We'll come back and join. Andre Bouvet-Morissette, right after this on the Cyclones Radio Network. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. Attention Cyclones fans, custom all-laser LASIK is available for only $3,195. The doctors of Tri-State Laser Center can help you see the game more clearly with laser vision correction. Call 1-800-MY-LASIK to schedule a free consultation. That's $3,195 for LASIK vision. Call 1-800-MY-LASIK for details. 1-800-MY-LASIK. Freedom, adventure, independence. That's what the American spirit is all about. And nothing lets me experience that spirit like driving my car. Hey, I'm Richard Petty. To get me where I'm going, I count on Marathon. Marathon gasoline with STP additives provides the extra cleaning power that keeps my car performing at its best so I can be true to my American spirit and drive. Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. STP, the Armorall STP Products Company. Used under license by Marathon Petroleum Company. 
I'm here with Donald and McCarthy customer Tim Rodersheimer, owner of Deerfield Press and a 34-year veteran of the printing business. Tim, with your experience, you knew when you acquired Canon's new high-speed, high-performance digital press, support from more than just a vendor was critical. I can't say enough about Donald McCarthy. Donald McCarthy has definitely proven that they are our true partner. Donald and McCarthy, the Canon Digital Press, and an over 50-year tradition of customer service excellence. Their service is unbelievable by far. The cool thing about it is the technical support. Uh, You know, if you have a software problem, they're right behind us. It sounds like Donald and McCarthy and the Canon Digital Press are the whole package. The machinery is unbelievable. The quality is unbelievable. I'm never going to change now that Donald McCarthy's here. For a demonstration of Canon's remarkable digital press, call Donald and McCarthy. In Cincinnati, call 469-COPY. Call today, 469-COPY, for Donald and McCarthy. John Morrell is your hometown meat company, and we're proud to support our hometown teams like the Cincinnati Cyclones. Enjoy the game, and remember to choose John Morrell bacon, hams, and hot dogs, your hometown favorites. It's a loving, it's a good thing. John Morrell, you can trust, you'll love it. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. Wrapping things up on this Monday night. Again, your programming note next week, no show. Back again on the 25th. See you here, 7 to 8. Being, be sure, if you haven't already, to sign up for Cyclones Rewards. It is free to do so. Again, CyclonesRewards.com. A couple uh, more minutes with head coach Jared Scaldi. I'll let you break some news that fans here will get the first dibs on. A new player is coming in town tomorrow. Tell us who he is and what his scouting report is because by all accounts, and you just told me here off the air, he is going to be an impressive one if he lives up to the billing. Yeah, we're getting uh, Jack McClellan's going to be assigned to us tomorrow from the uh, uh, Milwaukee Admirals, a centerman uh, that's been in Milwaukee all season. He, he finished his uh, college career at Brown University and joined the Predators at the end of last year. He didn't get the start he's looking for this year. His numbers in Milwaukee are not uh, indicative of the talent and the skill that this, this uh, guy has. And uh, He's flying in tonight, and he'll be in our lineup tomorrow. So Jack McClellan uh, will be joining us, and uh, we're excited. He was most sought-after college free agent last year. Uh, Nashville uh, outbitted uh, six other teams to get him, and um, you know just hasn't got off to the start he's looking for. So uh, we're excited to have him tomorrow. He'll play tomorrow, and we'll see uh, beyond that this weekend and uh, into Monday against Kalamazoo. But uh, you know we're extremely excited. Uh, Andre had the opportunity to play with him. Uh, phenomenal guy, phenomenal teammate, extremely, extremely talented, and uh, we're excited to have him in our lineup tomorrow night. A fitting way to close the show. We have the Kyles here for some questions slash comments. You can go ahead, Mike. Yeah, my comment is I want to thank you all and the Cyclones organization for the season ticket dinner that you had, and the very organized the autograph tables worked perfectly. Great. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for being a season ticket holder and everybody that is in support every year, all season long. Thanks for the comment. Mike Jr. What's up, Jared? Hey, Mike. What's up, Jr.? Hey, I just want to congratulate you over the weekend for getting the four points. And these guys over here, they've done a great job. Um, How do you prepare against the Fort Wayne comments after the last time? Yeah, last time was ugly, huh? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ugly. Um, so, you know, I, I think the big thing about uh, losing last Sunday was how we responded this past weekend. And, and, and we talked about it on the show on Monday. It's, uh, 
you know, obviously it was disappointing losing 7-2 in Fort Wayne. Um, you know, how are we going to respond? I think we responded uh, in the right way. Um, it's, 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 it's another division game. It has nothing to do with what happened last Sunday. We need to come out and play the way we need to play tomorrow. Last question of the night before we wrap up. Okay, normally I don't say anything, but the Kyles came over to our house on both games over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Saturday I couldn't be there. I already had a pre- previous engagement. But yesterday's game was just out of this world. And I kept saying right before they made that first goal in the, in the third period, I said, we need to win like four or five games in a row. And we need one goal just to get them going. Mm-hmm. Well, like 20 seconds later, they made that first goal. And what was it? 10 seconds later, they made another one. Yep. And then they made another one like so many seconds again. And I said, well, now we have to work on three more games because we won two in a row. Now we need yep. three more games. But it was – and another thing I wanted to say, I'm getting old <laughs> and – these third period things are not good for the heart. <laughs> Thank you very hey, much I, for your I, comments. I, I got a question though. Are the are the Kyles good house guests? Do they bring a nice dip? Are they good house guests? They got good a good food spread. Yeah, that's they're, the they're key. Yes, they they. Yeah, do they bring like a nice buffalo uh, buffalo dip or something, or what do they bring? Oh, they're hungry. Yeah. White Castle. All right. Hey, as long as they lift up the toilet seat and they pee, <laughs> I think that's all. And with that, we will wrap up on this Monday night. For Jared Skull, DeAndre Bebe Morissette, and Jeff Winchester, I'm Nick Brunker. <laughs> See you tomorrow, 7.30, Cyclones and Comets at U.S. Bank Arena. Good night, everybody.